Hey, my name is Lucas, and I want to welcome you to the official podcast of Coastline Young Adults from Coastline Church in Victoria. This podcast is dedicated to encouraging you in your faith and helping you apply it to real life in real time. Here you'll find messages from our weekly service at Coastline Nights and other conversations where we talk and tackle what it means to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. Everything you find here will point you to the truth and hope of Jesus. So grab a beverage, enjoy the message, and lean into how God wants to speak to you today. Choir up here, which was incredible. Hmm. We had actually uh, last night. There was all the pastors from years beyond, yeah. years beyond who Back were here from as far as 1974, right. which was the year I was born. That's a long time ago. You're so old. <laughs> I am. You're right. <laughs> we we had actually even our like our district superintendent here who came yeah. and prayed over it. And it's been yeah. a pretty incredible day. And we thought at the end of the day. As a part of this service, we could become a little more, again, reflective. Mm. Um, last time me and Andy did this, it was like, we want more conversations with Pastor Andy. Mm-hmm. Everyone just wants to hear your wisdom. Oh, goodness. The eagle has landed. We get Pastor Andy tonight, which is so good. He's a great preacher, but there's something really cool when he's reflective and thinking through and we get to ask him some questions. And so I, I, I wanted to kind of reflect on today's, our history, our, our legacy, and, ha- and have you really hear it from Andy? Because, you know, we watched that video. Yeah. We see Sadie Dick, who said that they came from the praise in 1968. Mm. And we're like, oh, that's a long time ago. Friends, I, I think my math was right. That's 55 years ago. Hmm. They're not, like most people here aren't even halfway to 55. Yeah, and totally. I think it's a little bit lost on us. But we always hear the origin story as the revival in 1923. And that's why we celebrate our sure. 100 years today. But it goes back even further. So I that's wonder if really you could true. tell this, this congregation the kind of the story you told this morning and how far back truly like you see kind of the gospel formed on this kind of the island, the West mm, Coast in this area. Yeah. Well, I actually uh, received a book as a gift from a dear friend that was called Up and Down the Pacific North West Coast, something like that, Up and Down. And it was like a missionary who came to this region in like 1870, 1874, I think was w- one story in particular that I reflected on. And uh, it was a Methodist missions movement. And they came all up the coast, up the West Coast, all the way up to Alaska. Uh, there's stories about Nanaimo, stories about Victoria. Um, but the one that was so fascinating to us was the one about uh, the First Nations people in a place called Fort Simpson. If you look up Fort Simpson, you have to put Fort, like if you want to get your map out, you can, um, Google map, and you do Fort Simpson and then put BC, because if you don't, it'll take you to like Northwest Territories. But there was a Fort Simpson, BC, that's just above Prince Rupert. So it's on the Pacific West Coast, just below, like literally just below the border of Alaska. And, um, and so uh, Reverend Crosby, Thomas Crosby, was, this was his chronicles. It's actually his journal. And um, in the journal, he tells a story about how they built a church there. There's some really cool pictures of them building this beautiful church building and ministering to the people and connecting with all the, the First Nations communities around there. And um, they tell the story that at one point, the group of male missionaries went out to kind of do a tour around the area, maybe connect with some of the other uh, people groups. Um, But they were all by canoe, 
they, they canoed everywhere. Um, and uh, the, the amazing thing that happened was God poured out his spirit on the First Nations people when the, when the, you know, the main missionaries weren't even there. They were off in a canoe somewhere, and uh, they start canoeing back. And while they're canoeing back, they meet someone that says, Jesus has come. Jesus has come. The, the, the village, the city, the, the town, whatever, it's changed. It's changed. And they, they, they said, what's going on? And, you know, they were working through a, a language barrier with interpreters. And, and finally, the one said, I can't tell you, but he can tell you. And there's another boat coming. Jesus has come. Jesus has come. And they tell this whole story. And... Thomas Crosby says, we pulled, that's the term they used for canoeing, we pulled all night long to get back to Fort Simpson as soon as we could. And they heard this story. Missionary's wife tells the story of in the middle of the night, a banging on the door of the house saying, let us into the church. And there was hundreds of First Nations people. They said, let us into the church. And, he, and, and she, the story says that she assured them that they could pray at their house. <laughs> like, you can, no, it's okay. You go back to your house and you pray. And they said, no, no, no. We want to pray in Jesus' house because we think Jesus will hear us if we pray in his house. And they pleaded and they pleaded. So she got the lantern. She went out and opened up the church. And in they went. And she tells the story that many of them fell immediately on their face and began to cry out to God, weeping for God to have mercy on them. And they stayed for hours. And after a certain amount of time, I mean, it's middle of the night, she says, why don't you go on back to your houses? And um, as they left the, the church, it was on top of the hill, they started down the hill. And the way she says it, she said, it was like they were, it, uh, what was the word? Um, she said, it was like they fell under some sort of a spell. They all fell to the ground and started crying out again, have mercy on us, Jesus. And so eventually they got up, they went back to their homes, but the next day they were back. And um, they were all gathered together, young and old, and even this, um, you know, like the, the spiritual leader of the group, he was called a conjurer. And uh, he was older, and he said that his hands were stained with the blood of his brothers. And there he was, with all of these young and old people, they were all worshiping God, um, Reverend Crosby said, there they were, but it was as if their faces had been altered. Mm. And they were all crying out to God with tears in their eyes, saying, Jesus paid it all. Wow. All to him I owe. Right. And that was in 1874. And so, you know, you, all of a sudden you go like, 1923, right. well, yeah, right, right you yeah. know. Um, and so from that time, I mean, like, we know that, that um, there was a really powerful move of God around the turn of the century in, um, in California, and it kind of swept across the United States and up to Canada. But, but from, you know, from 1874 down to 1900 and then over to 1923, you know, the, the very ground of, uh, of, of this city, of this island, of this Pacific West Coast has been saturated with right. prayers. Yes with faith, yeah. and with the ability to believe that God is really up to something. And I just think it's so significant that we hear that, because we've heard the 1923 story for a little while, right. like kind of coming into 100 years, but it goes back so much further. Mm. And I think it's important that we recognize that, especially in our time now. Yeah. We're in 2023 now, fast forward all these years, despite yeah. culture changing and mm. the world changing, Pastor Andy, what would you say in your eyes, from your heart, 
why has this church, the church, kind of stood the test of time? Well, I mean, that's a very humbling question because, you know, we want to always be careful to respect the work of God in our brothers and our sisters in the city, other great churches, other great works, doing good, good work for God. Um, But to speak specifically about our church, I do believe that there was just this, you know, this decision to hold on to the genuine truth that God's word is God's word. And in many ways, that anchored us through lots of cultural changes. Um, There's been, you know, many iterations of church and some deconstruction movements and and, uh, you know, post-modernity really got its hand into things. And, and there began to be a great question about God's word. And I, I think one of the things that's really held us as a movement is just the fact that we've decided that we will stand right. on the word of God. And we do believe it. And if we come to a place where we disagree with the Bible, you know what we assume? We don't assume that the Bible's wrong. We assume we're wrong. <laughs> And that we need to rethink what, you know, what culture has taught us or where, where did that discipleship come from? Because if it disagrees with God's word, it's not discipleship from the Lord. And so I think just that commitment to the word. Um, one of the things that's really fueled um, the hundred years of, of Coastline Church is the sense that we, we really do believe that the Lord could return um, and, and, and take us home. And so Jesus says, you know, we should all work while it's day because the night will come when no man can work. And when you think that way about the gospel, you think that way about sharing your faith, you realize we need to be about God's business. We want God to find us busy working for his kingdom. And I think when you start to, you know, when you continue to think that way, it fuels, um, it fuels the mission of the church. It keeps us on track you know, I, I, I like to say this, if you don't mind. I like to say this, especially to younger crowds. I don't mind. Thank you for asking. You don't mind? I appreciate okay. It. I appreciate the. The truth of the Bible is the truth you build your life on. Amen. And anyone or anything that tries to move you away from that is not benefiting your life. Mm. And listen, here's the thing. Sometimes we get, we, we have doubts, we have questions, but you don't have to rethink You don't have to rethink God's word in your life. Make it your foundation. Stand upon it. Trust his word. Live out of his word. And anybody who tells you it's not his word, they're wrong. This is the word of God. Build your life on it. And you will stay safe. And we will see God work for another hundred years. Amen. That's really good, Andy. Yeah. This next question is more about... um, looking back, and I know mm. we've done a lot of that lately because yeah. we've actually been pulling out all the records, all the photos, all the albums, like when you used to print photos and put them in albums. I know yeah. you've never done that before. Did you guys know that? Did you know there that? There was no used to do hashtag back then, and so <laughs> and even I know like Pastor Lisa was doing a lot of that, uh, Trina, my wife's been doing a yeah. ton of that all over, and they, they actually put together a video. That was that first video we wanted to show you, and it's ready now from the team. It's just, a, it's a shorter video, just really painting the picture, a lot mm-hmm. of cool photos, and then we'll ask this question because we have a few more, but I think this video really shows you and kind of cues up our history as oh, a yeah. church, and so let's take a look at the screen for this yeah, as we look at all the things a- that we've kind of recorded in the last little while. It was the spring of 1923. Revival broke out in Victoria, and thousands of lives were impacted and transformed. The Spirit of God broke out in the city. As a child, 
I thought was just were marvelous to see the uh, people being prayed for and they healed right away. And I can see them now lining up for prayer on the platform and uh, they were healed when he touched them. He prayed for my dad and my dad was healed. And out of the overflow of those revival meetings, a church was born. Our church was founded in October of that same year, meeting in the heart of downtown Victoria. Much has changed over the last century. World wars, the monarchy, space travel, globalization, the invention of TV, internet, cell phones, and electric cars. Many things have changed in our world, on our island, and even in this church. Buildings have changed, pastors have come and gone. The name has even changed multiple times. But some things have never changed. God has been faithful in every season. The fruit of faithfulness is seen in 100 years of lives changed by encountering the life-changing message of Jesus. How many countless dedications, weddings, baptisms, and funerals has this humble altar seen? Families have seen little ones enter their lives and loved ones pass away. Children have grown up and moved off to college, but this church has always been there, an anchor in the storms of life a community to celebrate with, to grieve with, to believe with, and to hope with. This church was born out of revival and through every generation and season has continued to seek God's face and believe for more. From the early days above the fish and chip shop on Broad Street to the opening of services on North Park Street, from our first Bible college founded in the 40s to the Sunday school bus ministry of the 60s, from the Christmas productions of the 90s to the Victoria Day Parade floats and city outreaches, from Nanus Bay Camp to Spring Break Camps, from Crusaders to Christ's Ambassadors to Coastline College, from the churches we have planted and the people we have sent out, this church has always had a vision to reach people and raise up the next generation. Each of us stands here today because of those who have gone before us, we thank those who sacrificed time, talent, and treasure to build the church we see today. On our 100th anniversary as a church, we honor those who laid the foundation, who paved the way, and prayed with eyes of faith for these days, those who dared to believe and dream of realities not yet realized. The decades of unseen faithfulness, the unknown cost, the innumerable sacrifices, the quiet prayer corners, and unheard tears. We would not be standing here today without every pastor, staff member, Sunday school teacher, choir member, ministry leader, board member, and the countless others who have served in this house. And today, we honor you. To the parents who chose to raise their children in this house, who believed for them and championed their faith, we thank you to the prayer warriors who saw with eyes of faith what only God could do, we are inspired by you. To all those who gave and sacrificed and built a vibrant community of faith, we could not have done this without you. 
To the Father we say, Great is thy faithfulness, O God our Father. To the Son, we thank you that you are building your church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And to the Spirit we say, Breathe again as you did all those years ago. Come on, come on, how good is that? Yeah. A few more questions still with Pastor Andy. As you know, that, that first voice you heard, Joan Goodwin, she was 103 when that was recorded. That's right, yeah, 103 years she, old. She died at 104. Was, uh, honey, how long ago was that? Like that, two years? Yeah. Maybe two years ago. And she was a faithful part of this church. And Yeah, I mean, her dad was, the story's kind of cool. I mean, is it okay if I take a second? Just you have her? my permission. Thanks. So uh, Lisa and I went to sit with her, um, and she was kind of curled up in her bed. When we saw her, she must have been 101, something like that. They had put up a, you know, we're celebrating our 100 years, but she had celebrated her 100th anniversary and the poster was still up, and they had just crossed through the zero and put a one. <laughs> it's quite cute. And so we went into her room, and uh, she was sharp. She called me by name um, several times. She told us the story of her, her father um, being healed. So they were part of uh, one of the mainline churches. Um, but her, she said, my father was so tired of dead religion. Um, and, but we were kind of scared of weirded out a little bit about these Pentecostals. And so um, he started going at night. He'd go to their church in the morning and then go at night to the Pentecostal uh, revivals up on Broad Street. And one night he went there and he was, he was dramatically healed. Right. Um, and then he came home to say, God touched my body. And so then she remembers at nine years old beginning to go. Wow. And uh, then her whole life, she was a part of this church family and ministered beautifully with her husband. Her, her maiden name was Taylor, and then she was Goodwin. And throughout our, our annals is uh, her story of ministry. Um, it's, it's, it was a precious right. piece of the legacy. I'm so glad we got to meet her. Yeah. As you reflect on her and you see those photos and you guys have gone through so many of them. I, mm. I'm curious. I wonder if we're curious. Is there anything in our history that just kind of shocked you? Like, <laughs> like, wait, what? You know, I don't know. I just feel like there's so many things you've looked at in the last little while. You've been uh, leading to 100 years for, you know, yeah, since 99. That's right. What's, like, surprised you about this? Well, I mean, I think one of the hallmarks of our movement, and this is kind of, kind of a, maybe a deeper subject, was these powerful women communicators yeah. that... Really, our church would have never got off the ground if it wasn't yes. for these godly women who were convicted, um, and really empowered by the Spirit, convicted about ministry, yeah. and began to just do whatever needed to be done. In fact, not only this church, but, but CLA across the water, many of them, if it wasn't for these strong women of God, uh, those churches would have never taken root. And uh, I just remember all these articles from yeah. the 20s where, uh, you know, they would advertise in the city, and they'd say stuff like, good woman preacher, uh, um, speaking on interesting subjects, yeah, you know. Interesting, like, interesting topics. Yeah, yeah. interesting topics, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I just think, you know, there was just a sense that, Lord, if you want to use me, use me. Yeah, right. Um, and, uh, and certainly he did. Yeah. He certainly did. Many of the uh, missionary outposts uh, that went out from this church were from women. Mm -hmm. But one thing about the revival that was quite interesting, Dr. Charles Price, um, he, was, 
he was on the video. There was one picture of him holding his Bible under his arm with two others. It was an old picture. Uh, that was an actual photo of the man who led the revival meetings. They were actually in the arena at Oak Bay. Um, I thought it was this arena, but this arena wasn't even here yet. It was before that. And, um, you know, they would, they would have revival meetings all, all day long. And then they had um, one night where he came out after doing three meetings and there was some city officials and the chief of police and said, we have, you know, it's kind of a problem, but we need you to come with us. There's 900 Chinese that have been waiting for four hours mm -hmm. for you to come and preach to them. Wow. And they're in one of the Chinese theaters downtown. We used to have five, I don't know if you know this, we used to have five Chinese theaters mm -hmm. all around Chinatown. Um, our Chinatown was much larger, and it is the oldest Chinatown yeah. in all of Canada. Come on, that's kind of cool. It's a great cool, museum right? downtown. Yeah. Yeah. And so in these five theaters, they used to bring over Chinese opera singers, and they'd fill these theaters. Well, one of them was filled, waiting for Dr. Price to come. They are really hoping he would come. So he goes over, and he starts preaching. Um, and he preaches the cross, and he tells them that, you know, there's a, this is the moment to repent, that God didn't just, you know, send Jesus for the Caucasian, but for the heart of China as well. And, and uh, a really powerful, he says, he says in his memoirs, which I have, it was the highlight of his ministry. Hmm. Um, out of all the things that he saw, and the book is amazing, his, um, his life. Um, but they said, come to Jesus if you want. They had chairs down on the front. They had like rows of chairs down on the floor for those who wanted to respond. They called it an altar call. We still use that term sometimes now. Come to the altar, the front. Lay your life down. And so he invites them to come. They all, you know, start filling up the seats and the platform. And at first he notices it's all men. And so they pray and they had translators and they do everything. They go out, and then as they're gone, a whole group of women come, and they fill up the chairs and the platform. And he prays for them, and they all, you know, confess their faith, and they receive yeah. prayer. They go out. Another group of men come, yeah. fill up the altar again and the platform. They pray again. They go, and another group of women, four separate altar calls, one right after the other. Just a preacher's happen. dream. Just it is. It's kind of like, altar, altar, Lord, altar, it's altar, like altar, loaves call. and fish. Man, it's amazing, you know. So anyway, it's a really, that was a shocking, yeah. shocking story for me, but um, as I read on in the revival, uh, Dr. Price decided, no, nope, this is the last day that I'm going to preach, and every, all the ministers were begging him to stay, and he said, no, I, I, I've just heard from God, this is the last day, and then he leaves with the determination that he's going to come back in 20, in, not 2024, <laughs> 1924, and that would be a real trick. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah that would be a real trick. Um, <laughs> So he, he, came, he came back in uh, 1924, and this is very interesting, guys, because when he came back, by that time, our church had begun, there had been sort of this siphoning off of some of the more um, traditional churches into this new, like, vibrant, dynamic, charismatic, Pentecostal kind of faith, um, and there was a little bit of sour grapes in the ministerial and so when Dr. Price came back the next year, some of the pastors got together and said, we're not really going to come. We're not going to come to the Crusades. Um, you know, we don't, we're not, you know, they're, they're feeling kind of envious or sour about the way, the, what the revival had left on the other side because people all of a sudden were just really passionate and wanted to be in a place where there was life. And where there wasn't life, they weren't interested. And so that ministerial then said, we actually don't want you to come back. Right. And so he did come back, but then it was controversial. And get this, 
Someone reported him to the police and he was arrested. He was, isn't this cool? This is actually awesome. I would love to be arrested for this reason. He was, I shouldn't say that out loud. He he was arrested um, because people were being healed in the meetings and he was arrested for practicing medicine without a license. Isn't that awesome? Come on. I want to see that in our church, people being healed and them arresting me because I don't have a license to practice medicine. That's pretty awesome, hey? Pretty neat. Much of what Andy's saying can be read. There are articles even, like I said, on yeah. the stage in the atrium, so please check that out after. Two, two and a half, but two, two more questions for you, Andy, as we wrap up tonight. I know God's, I think, faithfulness, mm. I noticed it. I was with you in the front row this morning, kind of caught you up in a wave of emotion today. Yeah, that's and true. And I think, I know this, this crowd especially really appreciates the vulnerability and authenticity mm. that we try and bring as pastors. And I just wonder for you, what comes to mind when you think of just God's faithfulness? Maybe it's even in your own life. Yeah. And how did it hit you today as you think of a hundred years and mm. you're seeing all these videos, all this, we've been talking about this party this day we have, for like a, right. a year. And oh, so I yeah. just wonder how, how did it hit you yeah. even for your own spirit? Yeah, thanks. Um, I was surprised, I got surprised this morning, especially in the first service, about my emotion. Um, and, you know, emotions are, ref- are they're telling you something about right. what you're actually yeah. experiencing. And, and so I think it was just this sense of the awe of God, that this really is God's work, you know, that he's the creator, he's the initiator, he's the sustainer. And, and we get to somehow... It's just so humbling to think that we get to partner with him in in something that is so amazing and that he's been doing literally for 100 years. And I I mean, I'll talk more about this in the weeks to come, but just the sacrifice of some of the people that have gone before us so that we can sit comfortably in these seats, so that we can have this building on the corner of Quadra and North Park and Caledonia and Blanchard to... To, to have this space and what it costs people and the right. vision right. behind it and yeah. the faithfulness yeah. and, and the miracles, it just, it just floors me, actually. And I think, I think it was all of that. And just for whatever reason, God pl- decided in his eternal economy that this was going to be a place where people can find Jesus. Yes. Where you can come here and you can be introduced to a loving Savior who gave his Amen. life for you. Amen. And this is just, we're just having a conversation, but I would say, even for some of you tonight, that's the pull. That's the pull. Right. Jesus is real. Yeah. And he loves you. Yes. And, and you know what? You're worse than you think, and he loves you more than you know. <laughs> right? That's good. You need him. And he's drawing you to himself. That's, that's Jesus. And that's, that's really what good. we're about. That's really good. Altar call number one. So we sit down. <laughs> Let's put out the chairs. <laughs> last thought. I'm going to kind of combine these last two thoughts. But um, without getting too far ahead, because for the next three weeks, church, so we're kind of celebrating the past right now. We're looking mm. at kind of the present next week with conference. Yeah. And then looking to the future on November 5th. But how important is it? And I was even saying this to some of the team before, mm-hmm. that we don't just look as today, or even ourselves, maybe it's more like introspective, that we're not just like, a blip on the side. We're not, I can oh, never man. be Price and I can never be Pastors Andy and Lisa. Hmm. And, I, and I do think it's beautiful. And I just want to honor you both that God actually chose you guys to be hmm. our pastors at the 100 years. I think that's significant. It's very humbling. I'm so grateful it was them, aren't you? I'm so grateful it was them. Thank you. That's very kind. 
seriously, I mean that with all my heart. Thank you. But this crowd, specifically talking to the next generation, how, is, how important is it for them to see that the heritage that we have is theirs to claim? Right. And then also theirs to lean into and to keep leading. Yeah. Like, let's not talk about just the past. Totally. the past is done. Totally. We do need to think ahead. And I love that you guys have both been saying this whole time. I want to get to 100 because I just want to get to the next 100. Yeah, let's go. Like, let's party and then let's move on because yeah. we've still got history to make. And Amen. so what would you say to them? And even how does that tie into yep. fanning the gifts in this room into mm-hmm. flame mm-hmm. and making sure that they continue to say, I am now a part of this. So it is good. my ownership to keep this church moving yeah. forward. It's not That's just good. your job and my job or the front row's job. It's everyone's job to say, hey, I'm a part of this. Right. I claim, I love this place. I'm going to keep yes. moving it forward. And yes. how would you kind of share that with them and push them? Because you, I can't. You, they don't listen you to just, me. You just said it very well. What they he, don't listen to me. I, I'm just kidding. I'm what, just kidding. What, he said, what he said is true, guys. It's really true. Who do you think were a part of that revival? Right. There's a bunch of like, Old 80-year-olds? No, they came later. <laughs> it was young people. Right. It was young people who said, I believe. Yeah. I think God can do something amazing. I think God can change my life and change my world and heal my body and fill me with his spirit. I believe that. It was young people. And so I think you, what happens is as an organization, if you will, on the organizational side, as an organization ages, the median age goes up. And then all of a sudden you feel like you're the young people. And sometimes then we relegate the young people to this spot and we put the saints in this spot. But let's remember how this whole thing started. What we're actually celebrating is the fire that fell on a bunch of young people who said, I'll go for God. Some of them never got married because they felt called to ministry. Some of these women, they just said, I'm, I'm just going to, whatever God you want to do with my life. Some of them got married right away so that they could go on the mission field. Some of them joined the Bible college. Some of them just said, I'm going to street preach. Right, Some of them said, right. I'm going back to my workplace and I'm not going to be satisfied. I'm going to be on my knees every day until my coworkers come to Christ. It shook the city. They were singing hymns on the streetcars in downtown Victoria. And so what I want you to know is that if we've ever given the illusion as a church that the, the value on your life is based on your age, forgive us. Mm. Forgive us. Because you know who God is looking for? He's not looking for those who are, you know, mature in age. He's looking for those who are willing in spirit, humble in spirit. Those who are saying like, okay, I'll take God at his word, I'll believe him, and I'm going to do something for him. And so I just want to encourage you, I want to motivate you if I could, to just say it's not about somebody else, it really is about you. And, and when, you, when you decide to, to pick up and move forward, I want you to know, there's nobody there that's like saying, whoa, come on now, don't do that. Why don't you step back into line? No, those days are over. It's time again for a bold, young move of God. People who will say, I will be on fire for the Lord. And I don't care what's going on around me. You know, whatever direction the world wants to go, I'm going with Jesus. And I'm going to preach his word. And I'm going to love people well. And as a result, we're going to see God move again. So that's what I believe. Would you stand to your feet with me all across this room? And uh, the team's going to come. We're going to end in a song here. But I want Pastor Andy to pray over this community. And mm-hmm. here's what I'm going to do because we said four altar calls. Okay, not the <laughs> altar call. I won't do it. I won't do it. <laughs> but I do want to do something significant. Okay, I do want to do something significant tonight, if that's okay. 
I want to close our 100-day anniversary birthday. What, what is it? Is it anniversary or is it a birthday? That's it's, what Lisa and I were asking each other all afternoon. An, anniversary day. I don't know. It's, it's yeah. a celebration. And as we do that, would you do something for me? If you are, and I'm not saying that you're not young if you're over 30, but I'm just going to choose 30. <laughs> okay? I'm just going to choose 30. Would you come to the front for a moment? Hmm. Would you just come to the front? We're not going to do anything. Andy's just going to pray over us. That's yeah. all we're going to do. Okay? Don't worry. No one's going to come around. If you're under 30, would you just come to the front? And Pastor Th- Andy's going to pray a blessing over the... Under 30, wow. Come on, don't be shy. I don't. And you know what? Liars are allowed. If you just want in on the blessing, you can say, no, no, I'm under 30. I'm coming. Come come right close, guys. Come right up to the front. If you're 31, you can come too. Okay, I'm not, don't don't judge me on that. Come all the way to the front, nice and close. I'm actually, I'm actually surprised. I knew, I knew this. Wow. I knew this. Amazing. Just push, push around a little bit, guys. Push around so we can get all in. This is amazing. This is so I knew good. the service was, was on the younger side. I didn't realize it was like this, though. Wow, this is powerful, hey? <laughs> I didn't realize. Sorry. <laughs> Just keep spreading around. I want you guys to come in tight. Don't want you to stand in the aisle because that feels a little funny. Come on around here, guys. Do you mind just scooting dress right down? Yeah. Just kind of hug the platform all the way around so people can get out of the aisle. We're going to do this like a family, hey? I want you to consider just for the moment, Wow. your senior pastor is here tonight, and I want him to pray a blessing over you. And that's all, okay? That's all we're doing. That's all, I, at least unless Pastor Andy wants to lead a different way. I just want you to receive here, hmm. receive in this moment, because it's not, a legacy is not just a wall at the back of the church that right. we look at to make sure that hmm. our senior community, who is amazing and incredible, mm-hmm. feels affirmed. Mm-hmm. It's to lean into, to embrace, Yes. And then to continue to push forward and move forward in the gifts right here. Yeah. Please, let us be the generation that didn't just keep the church going forward, but built it stronger than the 100 years before it. Mm. That is what we're called to do. Mm. Understood? You hear me tonight? And so receive a blessing from a leader who has gone above and beyond, who has embraced the past, is leaning into the future. Pastor Andy and Pastor Lisa's heart is for you. And so would you just close your eyes, posture your heart to receive, let him pray over you. We're going to sing one more song. There's Tim bits. There's gonna, we're going to celebrate in a minute. But receive all, all this blessing, please. It's yeah. so key. Amen. Receive this blessing. Thank you, Pastor Lucas. Would you mind just extending your hands like this? This is what I do when I'm ready to receive from Jesus. You know, in my quiet times when I'm with the Lord, I often just sit with open hands because I just recognize that I am his child and I need him. And that there's something that he has for me, even in this very moment. And so, I, you know, the, the Bible talks about how um, Paul speaks to young Timothy. And he says, hey, I remember your grandmother. I remember your mother. And now I'm reminded of you. And I believe that the same powerful anointing and witness that was on their lives is on your life. He said, I'm persuaded that what was in them is in you. And so I want you to know, young person, I want you to know that I'm persuaded. (laughs) I'm persuaded that there is a legacy and a heritage that is passed down in this church to those who call it home. You may not look at your own parents that way. You may feel like you're a first-generation Christian. It doesn't, doesn't matter because when you step into this house, you step into its legacy 
that you step into its revival DNA and you step into a place where you can receive from God uniquely and beautifully for yourself. So I wanna pray over you as you position yourself to receive. So Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for the working of your spirit in this house for 100 years. Lord, we're humbled at that. But here's what we know, God. Yesterday's manna, <laughs> yesterday's provision won't do for today. And that's why you, you invite us to come to you. And so even right now, in Jesus' name, we come to you, our Lord, our Savior. We come to you, Jesus. And we ask that you administer your grace and your love upon each one of us. And precious Holy Spirit, we know that when we experience Jesus, when we experience his love, when we experience his presence, it's you who is here in our midst. And so we invite you and we welcome you. And I pray in Jesus' name, Name, that you would set every heart ablaze for you in the name of Jesus, that you would set every heart on fire, that we might burn, Lord, with a passionate love for you and for your kingdom. God, I pray that you would be our choice, not just at church, not just on a Sunday night, but in every moment of every day. God, I pray that you would allow us, like the word says, to throw off the hindrances that want to hold us back, and that, God, we would be the people who run the race that you have called us to run, that we would run with effectiveness, with efficiency, with strength, and with passion. And I pray, Lord, that you would burn away our desire for anything that clouds our vision or slows us down. Lord, we throw aside every hindrance, and we say, we will serve you. We will love you. We will go after you, and we will believe that your kingdom is coming, and your will is being done in and through our lives in Jesus mighty name start something tonight we pray God that continues on for another hundred years come on everybody can we praise the Lord isn't he good yes amen